After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. A universal podcast for grown-ups from the After Dark Network. There may be a few naughty words, so it may not be suitable for kids. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to this month's episode of That Universal Podcast. I am Nick, and on this episode I am joined by uh, the P-Dubs. Hello. And I'm joined by the very talented Mr. Ripley. Good evening. That's not to say, by the way, that I don't consider you talented P-dubs. Or anyone else. <sighs> no, it's right? fine. It just works for Chris, yeah. doesn't it? That's, 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 <laughs> that's it. I just, you know, I just don't want anyone to think you couldn't really, is. You couldn't really say the talented Mr. Washington, could you? It, it doesn't, doesn't work. flow. It doesn't flow. So, you know, the pun's not there. I mean, to be no, fair, I don't exactly. even know who gets the pun anymore, but, you know. <laughs> someone, what was it someone pointed out to me the other day? It was 25 years ago that something had come out, like some film, and oh, I'll tell you what it was. It, was, it wasn't a film. It was um, last week. It was 25 years to the day that Wannabe by the Spice Girls came out. Oof. I mean, I, it's I saw horrible. an interview with, with, yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Daniel Rag- I saw an interview with Daniel Radcliffe this morning. Mm. Where he's where they're talking about twenty years of Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The first Harry <laughs> Potter film came out, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what St Pancras is the station that my station goes to in London, mm. and that's where that wannabe staircase is. And every time we go in there, my wife goes, "Oh, this is where they filmed uh, the, the wannabe uh, music video." I was like. No, this is where Batman goes crashing in with all the bats. <laughs> it's nothing to do with Spice Girls. It's Batman, okay? Some people <laughs> got their priorities all wrong, haven't they? Let's be honest. It's just how it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's depressing and annoying when you hear stuff like that. Um, so mm. as, if, I hear, if I have to know about it, everyone else has to as well. And you can all feel old together. Uh, unless you're someone like Sinead and you still got youth on your side, but we aren't. We are <laughs> definitely not getting any younger over here. Um, right, I suppose I should start as we normally do with what everybody's drinking. So, um, Mr. Ripley, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, a coffee in a DVC mug. Very specific for you. Why are you drinking a coffee at this time of night? It's decaffeinated. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I did you hear that um did you hear that i recently noticed that when i was drinking monster energy drink other drinks are available of course that it was actually making me more tired than it was alert 
Oh, I bet it was doing other things to you as well. That's probably why you were tired. <laughs> that, is, that is very possibly true. The insides um, leaking out. Uh, it's it's um it's it's weird, but apparently um because of what's in it, um it, if you if you are kind of if your brain's kind of made up in a certain way, then it can uh, it can have the opposite effect. So um, I'm I'm off that. Red Bull, I believe, maybe an urban legend, is banned in America. Yet Monster seems to be quite prevalent over there. Yeah, it's not. It's not banned. Um, it, it, it isn't banned. But what's the deal? I think they had to change the recipe um, in America. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's how it worked out. But um, yeah, it's it's an odd one. It's mm. it's, it's an odd one. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Uh, to once again show my age, I'm not drinking milk this week. You're all right. <laughs> Good. Um, I've got a can of R. White's Premium Lemonade. Oh, R. White's Lemonade. I used to think in that... Uh, in that advert, I know exactly was... what you're going to say. Go <laughs> I on, know. go on. <laughs> go on, Hank Marvin. No. No, I used to think it was Mike Reed. <laughs> was it Mike Reed? Was he the one that had the pop pop quiz? Mike Reed, but we're yeah. a bit too young for that. But I know who he is. He was a DJ. He was married to Pete Mitchell, wasn't he? Ugh, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's the other one. That's the other Mike Reed. Uh, hello, Peggy. Do you miss me? Oh, brilliant. Now all I've got in my head is that image of him with that spinning dicky <laughs> bow. Jesus Christ. I, you know what, America? That This year at Thanksgiving, that's what you should be thankful for, that you've got no idea what we're talking about right now. It's it's it's, it's just the worst. Um, uh, I, I did have I, I did have drinks to drink tonight, but I drank most of them last night, so I'm just drinking Cherry Pepsi Max. Um, me and Mr. Ripley, we were talking about uh, hard seltzers offline because um, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan, but you'd had a white claw and you found uh, it quite dodgy, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. It doesn't, it's meant to be, the one I had was cherry flavoured. It didn't have any flavour to it. It just had this sort of horrible synthetic alcohol taste. It tastes like it once looked at a cherry and that's where it got the idea of right. taste from. Jesus Christ, my God, what's that? Hello. <laughs> We caught a Sinead in the wild. Oh my god. I love this. It's like Willow the Wisp has appeared. <laughs> oh yeah, Sinead gets that it's reference. The case. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. You've got to be at least 40. The Banshee. Oh, you know what? I'm, you know what, Sinead? I've got to, I've got to find a new film to watch um as my birthday film for the next decade. I can't keep watching. You know, I've spent my 30s watching Tron every birthday or Tron yeah. Legacy. <laughs> I need to find something else. Maybe Darby O'Gill will be my new birthday film. To be fair, Darby O'Gill is an absolute cracker of a movie. I, I absolutely agree. One of the finest things you ever did was... We didn't convince us to watch it, but we put it on our shortlist and it got voted. And yeah, it was yeah. Uh, an absolute gem. An absolute gem. It. Ridiculous. As we're talking drink, from Darby O'Gill to drink, um, what are you drinking? I won't lie, I have literally just like come home. So I was just like, sure, I'll hop on. It's Nick's birthday. Uh, so I haven't actually got a drink as of current, but I'm not long after having a, a Hollows and Fentimins ginger beer, which I'm now partial to. Ooh. So I'll, I'll say I'm, I had that earlier, but I don't currently have a drink because yeah, I just hopped on. That's, that's fair enough. We'll let you off for that. Um, 
pucker stuff. Yes, um, it is my birthday. Thank you very much, and thank you for your well wishes. Um, and Solicitors reached out as well, and that was that was very nice of you to do so. Um, yeah, I, I recorded a lot. I, I wanted to celebrate my birthday in the only way I know how, which is recording a load of podcasts that some people might listen to. So um, yeah. that tradition is carrying on this week with another free podcast that are going to be coming out. Uh, but thank you for that. Um, but yeah, the hard sales of things. I think what will be interesting, Mr. Ripley, right, is mm. when we next go to, when we're next able to go to Universal, because mm. White Claw is sold all over the place there, Oof, um, apparently. Really? And I would be interested to, to taste the American version in case it's any different. But to be honest, I've tried, as I said to you before, I've tried all different brands of, of hard seltzers. And mm. White Claw is by far the worst that I've tried so far in the UK. So oh, it, I don't know. I had a, it was a Tapo Chico one. That was horrific. Yeah, I couldn't see, even I, finish I, that. I quite like that. Ooh. But a, no. again, I think it does also, what would you, can you remember what flavor you had? The, I think it was the lemon and lime one. Yeah. See, so this is the other thing as well. Sometimes you find that what one flavor works with one brand doesn't work with another. So I had their mango one, maybe. And that was quite nice. But I've had a few different lemon and lime ones and all of them haven't quite been right. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it's just a good excuse for me to drink a load of heart seltzers and then decide which well, ones it, I want to drink more of in the future and which it, ones to it, avoid like the plague. It's a good point because it's, it has been proven that Guinness does taste better in Ireland. Mm. That, is a, that is a fact. So it may be in America it does taste better. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I don't think it's going to be very possible, but it's possible. So I don't want to write it off just yet. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some Irish outlad somewhere turning in his grave at the fact that you've just compared White Claw to Guinness. But I'll let you away with it. No, we, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're talking. We're, we're comparing it purely on on the fact that it can things can taste different elsewhere. Yeah, and Guinness true. is an excellent example of that because I hate British Guinness, can't stand stuff. But mm. if I go to um, if I go to Ireland, I will be uh, partaking just to see if I can, you know, if it does taste as different as people, you know, say it will do. So it also go. depends on the pub that you go to. If it's a pub that's known for Guinness, because Guinness doesn't sit well. She says not being a Guinness drinker, but um, <laughs> it doesn't sit well in barrels. And you have to go cards. to a pub that's known for a good Guinness because then they go through it quicker. So it's fresher. Right. Uh, it's a bit like Subways then. You always go to a busy Subway because the yeah. meat and the cheese gets turned around quicker. We go to a quiet yeah. Subway. Same with the food is always terrible. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Um, right, so we've got a bit of news to talk about and also we got an email from a listener as well which uh, was was great. We love hearing from listeners and they had some uh, some questions to ask us. So I thought we'll cover that off as well. So um, let's start off, first of all, with a look at the news from the parks. This podcast is sponsored by the Castle Club Boutique. The Castle Club Boutique is a small Etsy store creating Disney-inspired classic fashion tees plus personalised family trip tees inspired by the Disney parks and your favourite classic Disney films. They also stock accessories, children's wear, and most recently, home decor. Do you have a family trip or special occasion coming up? Let them help you design a perfect custom tee to mark your event by emailing sales at castleclubboutique.com. 
They ship free to the UK and also worldwide for a small fee. You can find their store on Etsy or follow on Instagram at the Castle Club Boutique. And if you quote Universal, you'll receive 10% off your order at the checkout. So show the Castle Club Boutique some love and we thank them for supporting this podcast. Um, let's get the, the quick news out of the way first, um, which is um, the Jurassic World tribute store, We Hardly Knew Ye. Um, mm. Because uh, that has just been announced as closing uh, on the 6th of August. And it only felt like <laughs> the last episode we were talking about it. May not have been, it may have been the episode <laughs> yeah. before, I can't remember. But it's not been long. But what I want to ask you is... <sighs> With these tribute stores, and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming or hoping you know more about this than I do, um, but like, how do they justify the cost of them? Because they they can't be they can't be cheap to to create. Are you asking me? Yeah. Are you are you talking to me? <laughs> I'm talking um, to you. Have a coffee. <laughs> are you having a coffee? Right. I am having a coffee. <laughs> Sit on it, you mook. Um, so uh, the thing is, is a it's a very small team that's employed all year round doing all of the merchandise displays. So they've already got the employed people there. Second of all, lot I mean lots. I mean almost all of the props are recycled. That's um, what I was going to ask you because yeah. you know when you look at that that store we, we did talk about um you know on a, in a previous episode uh, about how they they've done the store you do look at it and think is this all stuff that they've just had lying around <laughs> or well, have they have they created some of this stuff either for future attractions or it, it seems like a lot of effort to go to for a shop that's going to be there temporarily well you know the final scene in raiders of the lost ark all right right that Universal has a great big warehouse just like that. It's near the airport somewhere. That's the that's the best I can get out of them. Everyone that knows where it is 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 sworn to secrecy. But every single Halloween Horror Nights prop pretty much is stored in that building. Mm. Nice. So you know it, they got loads of stuff. I mean, what I did find odd was the fact that the Billy, how do you say Eilish? Eilish. Eilish house that was built was completely destroyed didn't store any of that mm. which i thought was quite surprising but generally speaking they store everything um so they have so many props to use to build these types of shops but they do definitely see a benefit of it because it does i mean at the moment jurassic world merchandise jurassic park merchandise wasn't exactly flinging itself off the shelves mm. tart up a, an, an empty Q building with some recycled props suddenly it's gone up seven thousand percent so oh, yeah. you know there's definitely a business case to it yeah, yeah and especially with them creating all the like treats and stuff for it because i imagine they're relatively cheap to create but then mm. you'll have every vlogger blogger instagrammer everyone else in between wanting to go and try them yeah so. half the, and half the time they're exactly the same exactly they just, just different they just color them different yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. You either have a beating heart or a dinosaur heart. Take your pick. <laughs> it's like McDonald's when they have a new menu, they just swap the ingredients around and say, oh, this is the new such and such burger. Yep. You know, yeah. It's the same as the last one. 
when they were doing, I can't remember what the promotion was. I want to say like it was like Great Taste of America, which is in itself a problematic um, thing that they do because I don't really understand how they can justify it is like authentic or anything from the areas, but it tends to be the exactly same, like the same base burger every every week or whatever, and then they just change either the sauce or add an ingredient, and it's suddenly a new burger. It's just a cheap way of getting you to come back, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I just you know I just with the, with the the tribute store here. I mean, it obviously tied in with the ride. All of this was going to tie in with the release of the film, which has obviously been pushed back another year. And when I went to see Fast 9, there was no trailer for it either, so that was annoying. Um, but, you know, it, it's just a shame that it's time the way it has. Um, but, yeah, I just looked at it and just thought, all the stuff to put into it, I thought, God, it's all just going to go to waste now <laughs> as it becomes the Halloween Horror Nights tribute store. But if you're, you know, if you, if what you're saying is this is all just going to go back in storage and be pulled out again, then I, I, I can understand the, the, the business case for it at least. Yeah, I don't pull it yeah. all back out when, uh, when they change Jurassic Park and they change the River Adventure. <laughs> True. To Jurassic World, they'll just change it over again. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, um, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, where this warehouse is, but it is absolutely vast, apparently. I mean, it has all the old props from all the different shows and all the storage of costumes and, you know, so it, it is huge. And a lot of the stuff there, you know, there, there has been, I, I mean, I haven't seen any recently, but some people have done articles where they've traced all the props to what ride they came from or what Halloween Horror Nights house they were used in and, so they, they've, they've got loads of provenance and all that stuff. That is, that is good. At least there's like a record of it, I suppose. Of course, you'd have to, wouldn't you? you have to keep like a docket of where everything is or what it's been used for. But um, mm. it's still good that they're doing it because they don't have to, I suppose, necessarily. But um, I, would, I would guess already that we will see this tribute store again this time next year. Because yeah. next year the film will be coming out. So then you've got oh. the ride, which will still be kind of new. You know, it'd be about a year old at that point. Plus, you've got this new Jurassic World film, which is supposed to, you know, kind of bring both series together, isn't it? And possibly the cartoon, P-Dubs. I don't know if you know any more about that, but I know you've been watching Camp. Uh, uh, I think it's been renewed for a third season, so I would imagine it'll be back again hmm. at some point. Yeah, I see. Uh, I went into um, Smith's Toys today, and um, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, toys from that cartoon in there. Doesn't surprise me. It seems to be doing quite well for Netflix. Yeah, they um, they tend to pimp it out quite a bit. Well, they do it with all so. their kind of DreamWorks stuff, don't they? Yeah. Kind of yeah, I suppose they've been. <laughs> we, that can bring up the uh, the meet and greet talking of DreamWorks. Ah. <laughs> the, the weird ass boss baby meeting great how dare you Paris how dare you um <laughs> i i didn't watch yesterday but my daughter watched boss baby 2 uh i think it's called the family business or something i don't know um but it's it's, it's very weird here at the moment because that came out in america about two weeks ago and the Croods came out at Christmas. 
Yeah, I was going to say that because we've had a poster on the opposite side of the road for Cruise 2. And I was like, I'm sure that came out last year. Yeah. Well, the Crudes 2 is coming out to cinemas over here very shortly, I think. Although you might, yeah. you, you're looking at, but you can see a poster. So you might be able to tell me more than that. Um, but Boss Baby 2 isn't coming out over here until um, October, October half term. And at the, so at the moment, it's in US cinemas and it's also on Peacock for the next 60 days. So if you know anyone, if you're savvy enough to figure out how to get a paid-for Peacock subscription um, mm-hmm. and a VPN, I guess, um, you too can watch Boss Baby 2 before uh, the rest of the world. Um, very, very odd. But I, but I then don't understand why it's taking so long to come out in the UK. So it's, 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 very, it's very bizarre. Um, but yes, as P-Dub said, there is a meet and greet. I love the look of Boss Baby. I've got no problem with this meet and greet, where it does really oh, seem to freak terrible. people out. <laughs> it's just weird because his arms oh, don't move. Oh, no, I don't like it. It just kind of wobbles. <laughs> yeah, no, not a fan. And like, I would be a very, like, I love meeting characters. I would very much be a character person. This, I can't, no, something about it. Can't no. cope. <laughs> Hate it. Um, I've seen the first film. Uh, as I, said, I haven't as yet watched the second. My daughter loved both of them. Uh, I've seen the Netflix show, and it's one of those weird ones where the animation in it actually looks quite good. It looks quite like the film, um, but the content isn't very good. That is that is a proper nonsense show on Netflix. I think. How long do you think it'll be before we get a Secret Life of Pets TV show? That's got to be coming soon, hasn't it? Well, that that is that is an odd one, yeah, because that's been very quiet after the second one. Yeah. So all of their films, they've kind of been like, oh yeah, we're going to do a sequel, or um, oh yeah, we're going to do a Netflix cartoon, and there's there's not really been much on pets yet. That you know, that's the only one of those films that's got an attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm now going to have to go and look and see if I can see about Secret Life of Pets. But anyway, if you want to be freaked out, then you too can meet the Boss Baby. Uh, at Universal Studios, so uh, knock yourself out. Lots of pictures online if you want to, if you if you dare uh, to look at them. Um, but uh, very decisive, as you can see. I think he looks quite cute. Everyone else is absolutely mortified by him. So you know, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. And speaking of things that are mortifying, uh, Mr. Ripley mm. got some Halloween Horror Night news for us. Yeah. Well, I can't remember what happened in the, the last show, but there's been quite a glut of news just recently, which interestingly, if you think about it, we're now, what, early July, well, nearly the middle of July, and the event starts in early September. So we're less than, what, six, seven weeks away? Well, the weird thing is, someone was pointing this out, I think, yesterday or the day before, is like the, the frequent fear pass isn't on sale yet. Mm. And that is about a month late from when that is usually that is. on sale. It's very true. It's so that is true. that is a bit strange, isn't it? I think that at the moment, from what I'm hearing, is that the houses, the zones, everything like that is all locked in because um, there had been a bit of up and down quite recently. And I can talk about a rumor about that in a minute. But um, in terms of logistics, organisation, tickets, I think that's still a bit up in the air from what I'm hearing. Mm. Um, that's probably why those passes haven't yet come on sale. 
Okay. So yeah, so it, it's it's tricky because Disney, on the other hand, um, is like full guns blazing. Um, you know, opening resorts and raising occupancy and blah blah blah. So I don't know. I don't know if Universal's just being a little bit more cautionary. I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see what happens with those tickets and how much they'll cost as well. Um, you know, will it give you less access and it'll be a higher price? I don't know. That's essentially what Disney's been doing with its tickets, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's not so much that they haven't gone on sale yet, it's that they're not going to go on sale. It could, that could be. That, that is a possibility. You know, this is um, going to be a different event, right? Because the, the simple fact is, no matter which way you slice it, the world will not be back to normal by September. I know America, and especially, you know, Florida as a state, is very much acting as if that's the case and, you know, restrictions and all that being lifted. But the rest of the world is not there. And mm. that could also, you know, depending on what happens, that could also be something that changes. We, we just don't know. The simple fact is, this event is going to happen this year, um, but in 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 what kind of capacity, I suppose, is is the question. Well, the the thing is at the moment is, is that theme parks in general, doesn't matter which theme park, have really really benefited from knowing exactly who is going to the park on what days. So even though Disney's got the Hopper Pass, you still have to book in what days you're going and when which is still the case isn't it they haven't changed that have they no and i don't no. think they're going to by the sound no. this chapek uh, did say that he's looking to keep it full time because th that brings such better logistical solutions for them it means they can save on staff costs it means they can save on you know transportation you name it so when it comes to halloween horror nights and you have those type of tickets nick it you don't know if you buy those midweek ticket passes, you don't know what days, what people will come in and when. Mm. So, you know, they've kind of become drunk on this, knowing who's coming on what days. And I wonder if that's affecting those types of passes. You know, I, I, I don't know, but it, well, is I've that always, one of the reasons? I've always thought it was a funny way of doing it, if I'm honest, in general. Yeah. When, when you've got an event that has a capacity... And Halloween Horror Nights has always had a capacity, right, um, of, of some kind. It, it's always been weird to me that you don't need to schedule yourself in. You know, like you say, when we buy tickets in the UK, you know, it will have like blackout dates possibly, depending on the type of ticket you buy. But you can pretty much go whenever you want previously. Yeah. So they've got no idea how busy it's going to be. And you would like, to, you, you would think that, I mean, I certainly would, would be doing this. If I was running a business where I had to employ, you know, hundreds of people um, and I wasn't sure how busy it was going to be from one day to the next, you know, you, you will end up with days where you've got too many staff in. Yeah. So surely it makes sense to have it more organised so you know, right, we've sold, you know, a, a thousand tickets for this night um, and therefore that means that we're going to need X amount of people then to just yeah. you know just just put it on and and hope it's going to be busy because you know as you said before there are nights when you know it's it's really not busy at all well the thing is is the flip side the old business case was that locals tend to go on weekends 
let's try and drag them onto weeknights and then let's get them coming back regularly because they they may stay and buy dinner they may buy some merch they might just stay and have drinks so that was the old business case trying to drag out what a weekend is basically because um, tourists could be going at any time but they would rather them concentrate on that and just drag the locals into the rest of the week but now with this you know wanting to know who's coming who's not coming because of covid that creates a problem you know and they may be working on an it solution that you've got to book what days do you want to go so you may have your pass that says you can go on wednesdays thursdays and fridays but you've got to book in with them i mean that might be something they're looking at i don't know i, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea mm. Yeah. Mm. really um as long as you're i, I suppose the, the 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 flip side of that is that you know let's say and I mean, this isn't the case with the, the 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 passes for the period anyway. But if you've got, um, you know, just like a one night ticket or something, just for example, mm. um, and you need, you know, if you can't make that date, you can change it up to twenty four hours before the event opens, or something to rearrange that date. You know, I don't think that would be too too bad a solution, but. I think they need to do something. I, I, I think the way it works right now, and especially as well, we don't know yet if there's going to be a capacity on the event like that's, that's lower than, than other years. I mean, what's what, what kind of capacity do does the average Halloween Horror Night get? Well, they, they, they don't release those figures. Right. Um, there, there has been figures released in media, um, I remember some figures were released once in the Orlando Sentinel. And when I spoke to Universal about how accurate these figures were, they said that they were completely inaccurate. Right. So the answer is nobody actually knows for sure. Well, let, let, let's say, um, in that case, let's let's do an Orlando Sentinel then. Let's say that there's 5,000 people, right, that mm. go on a, on a regular night. 5,000 people. If they are mandated... Or if the company decides that they can't have that amount of capacity because of the current situation, and they have to narrow that down to two thousand people, they'd have to have an idea of how to do it. Otherwise, what you would end up doing if you weren't doing that is you'd have a capacity set, and you're either in or you're out. You know, you, mm. you could rock up there, and then not be allowed in because it's reached capacity, mm. which which happens in theme parks anyway, and 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 has <laughs> happened at yeah. busier times, but. And again, because I, I know a lot of theme parks have done it that if you have, say, for example, an annual pass, you have to book a slot or whatever. But if you have a dated ticket or if you're staying in a hotel or something like that, you almost kind of get preference for lack mm. of a better way of phrasing it. So I wonder if they might do that or if for the likes of frequent fear and stuff like that, they might do that maybe in Orlando or a Florida resident option. I don't know. Mm. It'll be interesting to see, though. Well, they're definitely this year putting the perks in for the resort guests. Yeah, which makes so sense. It would, it would lend to that idea, definitely. Well, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So um, what what do we know so far is available to hotel guests? Uh, we know it was my idea and they stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got your um, residual yet? Was it too early? No. No, but someone did tell me that, that I may have inspired this. Um, whether that's true or not, I have no idea. But no, essentially, 
um, Cabana Bay is going to be taken over by Halloween Horror Nights. And this um, isn't the first time, is it? Because we had the, I mean, it wasn't no. taken over, but they did a very similar thing in 2018, was it? Yeah, with Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be much bigger than that, apparently. So, um, but there will be, um, it'll be a similar sort of vein. But I, I, I can't remember now, is it exclusively for resort guests? Or no, I can't remember. I didn't see anything that stipulated it was just for resort guests. Mm. Because they're doing food and stuff as well, aren't they? Yeah. So I think they're just going to attract whoever fancies it. <laughs> yeah. But it was part of their package, I suppose, wasn't it? That's what they were saying. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all of this stuff adds value. Obviously, it does add value. And Sorry, compared to Bain, I'm blissfully underwear. What is happening? <laughs> uh, let me bring it up rather yeah. than... Uh, well, to, uh, to fill you in, while, while Chris does that, so um, back in Halloween Horror Nights 28... I think it was um when i first had stranger things they had kind of like a photo op at cabana bay okay cool. so you could go and they they recreated like the living room um and you had the the lights the the christmas lights cool with the, the with the letters um so you, you had a basically a cool photo op um that you could okay, do cool. while you were there um, and they didn't do anything, unless I'm missing something, Peter's, but I don't remember anything last, uh, last like for Halloween. Horror I Nights don't know. Do I think it might have been the same thing. And we just didn't go down there because we didn't think it was much. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was. Okay. Stranger things are happening at Orlando's Cabana Bay Resort, and that was the 12th of September 2019. Right, I may, may, I, I could have been wrong. It may have, it may have just been the second year, or it could have been both years. But either way, they they put something in. But for this year's Halloween Horror Nights, they seem to have taken it up for like to the next level. Sweet, yeah. So it's called the Jacked Up Experience. Um, it's for uh, resort guests. Uh, so it comes, it's part of their package and then there's two things the main two being the horror icons bar which is a uh, specially themed hhn styled wicked lounge with speciality drinks and spooky snacks which would include all of your favorite icons who will be mixing and mingling with uh the guests including props and costumes blah 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 uh and then the other thing was the jacked up experience which this sounds like um your photo op instagram selfie thingy so you've got lots of props from previous um hhn's all um from jack basically but the piece de resistance is the uh human-sized blender that you'll be able to have your selfie taken in nice uh, yeah yeah which was was that from 20 Am i remember that correctly was that halloween highlights 20 uh, 25 i think sure it's, it's been one... around a long time i, I think, think the one that years the one they're using i think is from the show for 25 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sure I read somewhere that that's, that's the prop that was in the stage show. Yeah. I'd, that, I'd that, seen it recently. Correct. I'd seen it recently. And it was one of those videos where it was talking about, it wasn't a designated year. It was talking about Halloween Horror Nights through the years. So, you know, when you're watching something and you're getting a little bit confused with what year was what. Um, so, I'm not, I knew I'd seen it in a Jack show. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be that one. So that's cool. The difference here, though, is the fact, as you point out, Mr. Rip, this is part of a package. Yeah. So with the Stranger Things experience that they were doing, that was pretty much open to anybody. You didn't have to even be staying in Cabana Bay to to do that. I know that because I know people that were from other hotels that went along to it. But this is this is very much an exclusivity thing, isn't it? Well, it, it in the the hotel bl- um, blurb, it says it's exclusive to resort guests. Then later on in the same paragraph, it says um, uh, we'll get access to as part of their package. So it kind of contradicts itself. So I'm not 100% sure on that. Hmm. That is, that is a bit interesting. So I don't know what the legalities are around there because you can... You can go into hotels, can't you? In you general. can. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never tried to do this anywhere else in the world except for theme parks. But like Disneyland <laughs> Paris, you can go to all the all the different hotels, and they have meet and greets with characters, but they don't ask you for proof of your stay. No. Mm. Now I don't know how many people that aren't staying in a Disney hotel go to those things, but. You know, we've stayed in the hotel and there's been a character uh, to meet in the morning as we were leaving and we've queued up and, and gone and no one's checked anything. But you can walk into any hotel. You can't obviously go up to the rooms because you need access keys, but you can walk around the lobbies and forays and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if they can actually stop the general public or guests at other resorts from doing this. If it's all in like a bar or like a function room or something like that, though, surely you could have to like flash a a key card or something to be able to get in. Right? Well, th- that yeah, you would you would think so. You well, think so. the I I don't know Cabana Bay very well because I never stayed there, but the bar that they're doing for this is is the Swizzle Bar. So I don't know where that is or what it's what layout that's like, but. No, I'm going to try and look that up because the thing is, I don't, I don't normally tend to like have big glaring signs as to what you're doing. So I don't know if that is the the bar that's in like the foyer or if that's on one of the upper levels. I won't lie though, like spooky themed drinks and snacks would 100% swear me to stay there. It's it's a great hotel. I mean, location wise. It's, it's not the greatest because it is quite far from the results. I mean, it's still only a bus ride away or about a 15, 20-minute walk. But it's it's obviously not the nearest for guests that want to stay for Halloween Horror Nights. Can I say, I, I walked all the way to Cabana Bay and you walk along the road for some of it and then you walk up a path and then down the thing. And up. Anyway, you eventually get there. And then the gate was locked. Oh, <laughs> oh no. God. It felt like a, an hour's walk. <laughs> so I never did get in there. Um, 
Yeah, it just it looks quite the lobby lounge. This lobby lounge is anything but ordinary. I can't see. Oh, hang on. Where is it on the map? Let's get the map up now. Uh, it looks like it's part of the just off the lobby. So it probably is open. It, it, like, easy accessible for anyone is what I'm saying, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I've never walked to Cabana Bay the, the way that you did. I took the um, the the path through the uh, the hotels and the jungle to get there. Oh yeah, had a problem. Yeah, but yeah, if you're walking yeah. down that road, then you probably will be caught at caught short at, at times. Um, but regardless, you know whether it is going to be exclusive to people with a package or Cabana Bay guests um, only or whatever, it's still a, a cool thing that they're doing. Yeah, isn't it? It is, especially with a character that is um, so beloved by Halloween Horror Night fans as Jack, and this is being touted as his last appearance, isn't it? Um, there's rumours that this is the actor who plays Jack's last performance. R- okay. okay, not necessarily the last we'll see of this character. No, nah, they'll they'll reboot him probably if Rob Zombie or something. Generally, <laughs> generally. What God, happens. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think we all we all share that one. Um, but we did also get a house announcement. Um, I know that we've got limited time with you, so um, yeah, I'd love you to talk us through the the house announcement because I know that it's it's been pretty positively received, but I know it's not beloved by everybody. Well, it's the haunting of Hill House, which. Um, is an interesting choice. I haven't um, actually watched all of them, but uh, it's interesting for the fact that um, the program, which I'm sure you've all watched, is uh, a bit jump scary, but it is it's quite a long drama, isn't it? I mean, it comes from a book originally. Um, so it's an interesting choice for Halloween Horror Nights. It's something that we've known about for a long time. It's not something that is... Um, shock wind's coming next notch uh, on the netflix post for universal well it is yeah it builds on that foundation that they've got with uh, their partnership with them which may lead on to other things which uh, are currently airing on netflix um, uh, you would be referring so to fear street would you at all it, it, I, it could be yeah it could be mm. um which you know very much lends itself to Halloween Horror Nights. Mm. uh yes yeah, so I think the partnership between them two is pretty rosy at the moment and uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, apparently the scares in it, they've tried to kind of think outside the box. If you remember um, the legendary Truth House from oh, 21, was it? Or 22? Um, which was a bit jump scary, putting scare actors in very weird places like under the floors. Um that's the kind of vibe they're going with this, just trying to um, dial them back a bit. But when, when they come, they're pretty big. So hopefully that will work. Um, so yeah, interesting choice. We knew it was coming, but uh, yeah, we should be a good one. It's an interesting one because I have seen it. Oh, I watched it when it first came out, which I think was mm. 2018, 2019, maybe. For the first yeah. one came out um i never watched the second series which was 
um, the they tried to do like an American Horror Story type thing, where okay. they had the cast back but all playing different characters, and mm. the format was was different. Um, but I remember I remember when they launched it and, and people were going, you know, this, you know, it's a show so scary that people are afraid to watch it at night and stuff like this. And I was thinking, oh, Daph, I really want to watch this. It's not great at uh, horror. And I watched it and I was like, it's okay. Like, I don't think it's mm. that scary. No, I mean, I think. Like Bryce, and that's why I didn't get through it all. I because don't... it just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I didn't. I didn't watch it and think this would be a great house for Halloween Horror Nights. But then I didn't think. I, I thought the same with us. You know, I I really loved Get Out, and I thought it's a great film. But could they make it a scary house for Halloween Horror Nights? And then we got Us, which is probably a scarier film overall. But I, I didn't think it was particularly scary. I think they did a really good job with the house to to try and make it fit in that. You know, there were some good jump scares in it, but I I I sometimes feel that they have to deviate away from the source material in order to make it fit. You know how Halloween Horror Nights work. Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's it's a very beautiful show. You know, it's very well done. I love the director. He went on to do uh, Doctor Sleep, which That's is right. a yeah. very underrated film, which I talk about on a Tron episode of Disney Parks and Beyond this week. So if you want to hear me talk about Doctor Sleep, don't don't get misled by the title. We dedicated a whole episode to it on we Halloween did on yeah, and we also talked about it on a Branch and Ripley as well. We did <laughs> when it when it came out. Big fans of that film. Um, so I like the guy and I like his work. Um, but I just didn't watch the Haunting of Hill House and think this needs to be a house. But as you say, it's been rumoured for a while. Um, and I'll be honest, I think they will do a good job with it. And I think they will be able to turn it into a scary house. But for me, the, yeah. the show didn't didn't lend itself um, to that. Sinead, is, that, is it something you've got around to watching? I haven't watched it yet, no. But it is one of those things that's kind of been on my list to watch so um it's probably something that i'll start watching then the next little while i would imagine but no i haven't watched those yet there's a great episode towards the end which is almost it feels like it's done in one shot i don't think it was done in one shot um but you know very very well directed and very well filmed so i i think it's a it was an insane show but as I said, I didn't hear this and think, oh, yes, this is the perfect fit. But I think Universal will do right by it. So, um, but what I have seen is a lot of people now watching it for the first time in preparation for Halloween Horror Nights and pretty much doing a, a P-dubs and saying, this is not what I expected it to be. Apparently, um, it's been shooting up the Netflix um, trending list. So it just shows you the power of Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> and, and I and I think that's probably why Netflix enjoy getting involved with Universal because mm. it because it does. You know, if you know you're going to a Halloween Horror Night event, um, and you're going to be going to see houses of of things that you're not familiar with, and you can catch up on that, that's that's great. Mm. You know, you know, it's why I watch the. 
well, actually, no, it's not, I was going to say I watched The Shining. That's that's not true. I, I waited till I got back to watch The Shining because I had tickets put to see it in the cinema. I didn't want to watch it on the plane. Um, but, you know, certainly with things like Ash versus the Evil Dead, okay, well, I'm going to be seeing this house. So if I go in this house, I'm not going to understand any of the references. So I'm going to have to watch some of this. Mm. Um, so it's it's a good way of of um, like bringing that brand to people's attention that may have not got a chance to see it. Now you've got to watch mm. it before you go to Halloween Horror Night, so you're not going to get the most from the experience. Mm. Without so. doubt. We got some breaking rumors. Okay. So um, the, the the break the main breaking rumor at the moment so there's two. The, the, the main one is that people online are saying that Beetlejuice has perhaps gone. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. Because Beetlejuice did open last year. They, that was one of the houses that they did open. Um, yeah. So the rumour is, again, just rumours, is that the contract for Warners was for last year. And, of course, a lot of these contracts, I don't know how they're worded, but perhaps they don't have force majeure or acts of God or pandemics written into the contract. But um, it looks as though, um, according to the rumour, that perhaps Beetlejuice won't be here this year. Um, it's been This rumour has been fueled today by... Um, Horror Night Nightmares updated their speculation map for Hollywood and that had a bit of an interesting update in that it had Halloween Kills listed as a house. Which is something that's been rumoured. It has been, yeah. It has been rumoured previously. But the, the first one was heavily rumoured but it didn't happen. So um, people putting two and two together at the moment, making five, and are saying that perhaps Halloween mm-hmm. Kills could be coming to uh, Orlando. But Beetlejuice has been announced for Orlando, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one that was announced, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it made me sad that I wouldn't get to see it. <laughs> we so too. then how does, this, how does this sit then? Unless unless they were able to renegotiate Orlando and they weren't able to renegotiate uh, possibly I mean I don't I don't know I mean what we do know is that Orlando has a, at the moment Orlando has a lot of Beetlejuice merchandise and has Jack the Clown merchandise and mm. that's it that's that's all we've got so far um and all we've had announced is Jack now we've had the, the haunting of Hill House, and they said that Beetlejuice will be back this year. Yeah. Mm. The fact that the, the, the fact that there's new Beetlejuice merchandise this year, and it's not just what they had for last year's, you know, couple of how many weekends did they run it? Was it two weekends or one weekend? In the end, I can't remember now. Beetlejuice was the longer one, wasn't it? Because then they opened, opened Tooth Fairy as well, didn't they? Yeah. I thought mm. Beetlejuice was like they only did it for a couple of weeks because they had what was it, Brides of Frankenstein and the Tooth Fairy one for a little while, and then I think it was closer to Halloween. They were like, "Here's Beetlejuice." Hmm. Mm. Well, I mean that's very odd. Then, um, I mean, it, it, we know for a fact, as I said earlier, Billy Eilish is is, is gone. So we don't know what's going into that space. I mean, that they've had Halloween in that space before. That that might be a better fit for it in there, perhaps. What do you think? 
So we're recording this now in July, right? Almost the middle of July. And we've had so few announcements. Mm. What do you think is the reason behind that? I think they're, they're treading carefully because of the pandemic. Um, there is a, there is, well, just to contradict that, the, the guy online on the forums who is saying that Beetlejuice is gone was, has been a person who has some intel inside the organisation and has been consistently correct on the rumours. Mm. So that, that's the only reason why people have given it any credence whatsoever. But to, um, be, but to complete, I'll contradict myself now with what I've just said, right? Let's look at Halloween Horror Nights past. How yeah. many times have we got close to an event, whether it's been announced or not, or just heavily rumoured, but how often have we got close to an event and suddenly licensing rights have, have fallen through? Well, lots. Yeah. Very, very lots. But I don't think, off the top of my head, they've ever announced a house and then cancelled it. Um, I mean, again, it's 2021, do... it's strange times. Yeah. Did they not do? Did they not have Scream on some merchandise? They did, but that merchandise was photographs of it that were leaked. It wasn't actually released for sale. Yeah. Yeah, but my point is they'd, they'd got, got to that stage where they were making merchandise for it and then had to destroy it all. Yeah. That's so right. whilst it hadn't yeah, officially means... been announced, it was basically a done deal and then oh yeah the the scream one was literally weeks before i mean literally two or three weeks before the event opened and it was apparently down to the fact that the was it is it dimension i'm not sure who the ip holder is for that yeah. but whoever it was said at the very very last minute we're actually not comfortable with you doing scream now because we want to promote the tv show um can you just retrofit the TV show into the scenes that you've got? And of course, the scenes were all tailored to Scream. And of course, an argument then ensued where Universal wasn't comfortable doing that because they've obviously already done that. And then eventually the IP holder pulled out. Um, so and then, then they, they readjusted had, it as Purge. And then they had to go through and make it into <laughs> the Purge. But it was so very obvious, the Scream, because they obviously had spent so much time accurately recreating all of the scenes from Scream. Which were I suppose scenes in the perch. If if Halloween Kills was getting added at the last minute, like if they do have this vast warehouse, I mean they've done Halloween a couple of times, so I mean they can pull all their Mikey Myers uh, <laughs> costumes out, I guess. They can. The only thing I don't like with stuff like that, and I think if I'm remembering right, did they not do Happy Death Day in Hollywood before the film came out? Was yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. A, a split house, wasn't yeah. there are a few different rooms that like that was the last scene that they used. Mm. I'm not I'm not keen on them doing houses for things that haven't come out yet. Personally, because then you've got no frame of reference. Because you've mm. not been able to see it. No, because yeah. that's that's the thing with Halloween Horror Nights, isn't it? Obviously, you've got the, the fresh stuff that they they build themselves but then you've got that stuff that you go in and you're looking for certain things and it kind of heightens your experience doesn't it yeah well the the interesting thing about halloween kills if it does come from the hollywood do we actually know what the dates are of hollywood yet uh, uh i 
don't think they've been officially confirmed, have they? Well, I don't think they have. So the dates in Hollywood could work out with the release of the film. I, I'm not saying they do. They may, they may do. But it's when it comes out. to Orlando, I'm not sure. I think it's coming out October 15th. Now, obviously, that's kind of this side of the world, maybe like, but I don't know what date it's coming out in America. Yeah. See, that would be quite late, I would imagine. Because the, the other interesting thing about that is they've also seen uh, props and things that have been constructed for Halloween 3. Oh, don't tell me that. Hollywood. So it, it just seems so confused and so uh, headless chickens, you know? Isn't there a rumour that Halloween 3 is referenced in the new trilogy? Well, you see the masks in the trailer. Yeah. What, for Halloween which kills? The pumpkin and the skeleton, yeah. Okay, so that, so that means that we're going to see it in this film rather than wait until the, the final part of the, of the trilogy. But the, the thing is with um, the Shrek Theatre building, is when they ripped out that house, that the Billy Eilish one that they haven't used, that was ripped out very early doors. So whatever replaces it has been planned for a very long time. So that could be an original then, you think? Well, it could be. I mean, I speak to so many people and you get so many different answers. I mean, one person I speak to, I mean, he's got no provenance in the matter, but he keeps telling me it's Silence of the Lambs. I mean, can that be a haunted house? Like, I don't know. Um, another one, uh, another guy I know keeps telling me it's definitely going to be creep show because he's seen this and he's seen that and his friend works there and um, I mean, Creepshow is heavily rumoured to be a scare zone. It might be a house as well. Who knows? But it's just some of the ideas that have been thrown around recently. I mean, Creepshow would make sense because obviously it's got the new TV series on Shudder. Yeah. Isn't it? Which is which is uh, popular amongst people. I've not managed to see any, but I know it's supposed to be quite good. Um, yeah, I suppose it's interesting. I would like to have seen, if I'm honest, of, of things I've seen recently. And I know it's, you know, involved with Blumhouse and that. I'd have quite liked to have seen a house based on Freaky. I really enjoyed that. I loved Freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, But it's it was very similar to um, the Happy Death Day films. I felt in a kind of tone, but it was, but it was it was more violent than the Happy Death Day films. Um, But it. But it, and I think I think it's actually based in the same universe. I'm pretty sure it's set in the same town. So they were talking about the, the possibility of like crossovers being potentially being able to happen in future films. Um, but like you know, same director and everything like that. But yeah, I I really liked Freaky. Oh, can you imagine if like Bloomhouse does like an MCU for all of its films? <laughs> I I wouldn't, mean, it wouldn't make any sense. But still, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. And of course, you know, we haven't mentioned any rumours of anything purgy related to this event. But there is oh, the God. final purge has just come out. Uh, oh no, sorry, the I keep calling it the final purge. I called it the final purge because they said it was going to be the last purge film. Um, it's called the Forever Purge, but they have also just announced that they are developing a sixth. So the franchise that and i i actually quite enjoy the purge films but it is definitely the franchise that is not dying anytime soon it looks like so the thing is with them is they're so cheap to make and they make so much money i mean they just they won't say no i feel like they're kind of like the fast and furious of the horror world yeah yeah oh look (laughs) 
I, I saw Fast Nine recently. I don't think the Purge films are jumping the shark just yet in the same way that the Fast and Furious. <laughs> and I, I'm a sucker for those films, but even I'm like, this is getting too much now. The <laughs> these, these are getting drift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, actually, I think the idea for the sick film is a global purge. Have they done a purge where it's set in like Victorian times, like in the Western, you know, like a, in a Western town somewhere? No, no. All, well, that, all the, you know, all the you know, like Tremors so did that one. Yeah. It, yeah. It'd be like that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how the purge started originally and then, and then <laughs> was, was stopped. Um yeah, I mean, all of them so far have been kind of like dystopian future, aren't they? You know, set a few years ahead or, or whatever. Um, but hey, with every day that turns, we're getting closer and closer to the purge becoming a real thing. So these films are probably a good uh, user guide that we should yeah. all be following to how, how to survive when it happens. Um, was there anything else uh, Halloween Horror Nights related, Mr. Ripley? Um, just looking at my list, I don't think there is. No, there isn't. Fair enough. Uh, was there just quickly any other news that we haven't mentioned that anyone wanted to bring up? Yeah, I was just going to bring up the opening of the new restaurant in City Walk. Mm. Um, Bend the Bow. Um, that has replaced the fusion sushi bar that it's, no one ever goes to. It's very, <laughs> it's very badly named for Brits, isn't it? Yeah. Because I don't think I think you pronounce it correctly. But you know, with how we it doesn't it, sound right. <laughs> no, no, it it sounds quite awful actually. When actually, what we're talking about is bow yeah. buns, which are quite nice. Yeah, actually. But yeah. yeah, that that doesn't sound quite right when we uh, we say it like that. No. Um, have you have you seen any of the offerings? Does it does it look good? Yeah, yeah. So the the fillings of the the bow buns is kimchi fried chicken, pork belly. KFC, yeah. Duck, yeah. Duck, beef what? brisket. There's a veggie one mm-hmm. um, that features oyster mushrooms, spinach, sweet potato, caramelized onion, smoked ricotta cheese, and tomatellino salsa. That seems in that one. Hmm. Um, shrimp and crab cake are the fillings. And they are two two buns for eleven dollars ninety nine, and if you want to add a third, it's an extra four dollars forty nine. Okay, that sounds pretty reasonable. Nice. Yeah, and something different. Yeah, yeah, it, it's still in a really awkward place. No matter what you put in there, mm. it's out of the way. As we said, we we sat opposite it, didn't we? After we'd eaten in Burger King. Yeah, and it's just in a really. It faces away from City Walk, and it's um, it's been there, I believe, ever since I first went in two thousand seven. That sushi place, and I never saw people in it. So, hopefully, this might give it a shot in the arm. I mean, I have to say, um, last time I was at Food and Wine at Epcot, the the bear buns were really popular. Mm. There was a massive queue for them. It was longer than a lot of the booths, so they are popular. It's it's because it's a bit of a fatty food. Mm. Like it's it's you know I I don't remember seeing them until probably about a decade ago, and then suddenly you, you started to see places sell them. 
and it's now become a bit like uh, like bubble tea, where now yeah. like, places are open and dedicated to it, and it seems really popular. Yeah. Like, I don't really get why, but it is. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, and it's um it's a new food offering, and the one thing that is my biggest complaint with anywhere, um, and especially with. Uh, and we'll talk about it later this week on another podcast episode of Discover DLP. Um, but it is variety. Um, mm. And that is something that is not available anywhere else. Except possibly Panda Express. I don't know. I've never I've never eaten in Panda Express. I imagine if they do do them, they're not going to be very good. <laughs> so, um, mm. but it's go somewhere that's dedicated to them, I suppose, is, mm. is uh, my point. But yeah, somewhere brand new to eat. So, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd definitely just, give it a go. Just, just when Universal was got rid of their dining plan. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. They, I mean, I won't spend long on it, but but basically they just announced, like, pretty much overnight, dining plan's gone. Yeah, dining plan's gone. Don't book it. You can't have it. <laughs> it was all kind of scratching our heads a little bit. I mean, the Universal dining plan is, is a very odd beast anyway. Um, mm. We talked about it a little bit on... Disney Parts and Beyond when we saw that Disney dining plan. Um, and Mr. Ripley, you said you've never had it, didn't you? No, I've never had it. But it also, um, apparently, it really wound up a lot of travel agents, this. Because it was still well, on the system or something. I, I, you know, uh, then when they went to do it, it didn't come up. I don't know the ins and outs, but I was speaking to someone that runs a travel agency and they were a bit mad about it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, they, those guys need to know don't they and it's, if they're booking trips for people and they've added you know they've sold them dining plans then universal said no you don't mm, you know that's you, what the problem was it? yeah yeah but i mean the dining plan was odd it was it didn't work like the disney dining plan you you got snack credits yeah um that you the only person use, i ever but... know that has gotten it was my brother and sister-in-law when they went for their honeymoon and that's because i bought it for them as part of their wedding present i sorted their like tickets and stuff for when they were Aww. going to because I worked for Disney at the time, so I had free Disney tickets as a cast member, so I gave them them, and then paid for the Universal tickets and their dining plan, but they're the only people I ever know that have ever gotten the dining plan from Universal. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, and all the time I've been there, you know, the only time we ever tried to get sold it was when me and Craig went for breakfast, and they said, oh, actually, if you if you don't, if you if you get the dining plan now, and, and buy, that, buy this now as you're buying your breakfast, then actually, you know, for the same, pretty much the same cost, you're going to be able to get some drinks and snacks later on. So I went, okay, fine. But that was it. You saw signs for it everywhere, but they they never did like a a push on it like you got with Disney and their dining plan. So, you know, it's always been a bit of an anomaly. Um, but I don't, yeah, I, I, I just think the timing's a bit odd and the way that they've done it is odd. Like there was no notice. It was, we are no longer doing this now. And that was yeah. it. And that's that's the that's the oddity of it, I think. Um, Maybe it was just more admin hassle than it was worth. So they were just like, just get possibly, rid of it. And that was fine anyways. Or who knows? Maybe it's going to come back and they're going to, you know, re readjust how they they sort it out. Because it just was. I mean, we were left with this with this dining. You know, we got you get this like little card thing that's got your credits on, and you know, when you went and got stuff, you you, you use it to pay for stuff. And we weren't really sure what we were doing. You know, we were told when we bought it, this is what you do. And then mm. we were like, hang on, does that mean we can like get this or get that? 
And I remember like going to get something and I had to pay, you know, I think I got two items and I had to pay for one of them because whatever I bought wasn't covered on the card. But I didn't know that. I, I didn't, like, I wasn't annoyed about it. I just paid for it. Like it was what it was, but I was kind of like left scratching my head going, well, what have I, what have I got here then? I wasn't really sure. So it just seemed really badly organized. And it didn't seem to be very clear on how to use it. And it didn't seem to be any kind of clear instructions about what you can and can't do with it and when you can and can't. So I just think it was a, a very confusing thing to have. And I just don't think it was very well organized. So, you know, time will tell, I suppose. We'll, we'll see if it comes back. And if not, mm. well, it's gone. Not much we can, <laughs> we can do about that. Um. Right, in that case, if we finish talking about the parks, um, we will go and have a look at this email that we got from a listener. This episode is sponsored by Quicksilver Tours. Look, we all know travelling is the worst part of any vacation, let alone when hitting Orlando. And what do you do when you get to the airport? Magical Express is about to disappear. Free transportation as part of a package deal can be hit or miss. And no one wants to queue up for a long time to get a car hire. And that is where Quicksilver come in. They have a free stop for groceries for airport round trips, a complimentary meet and greet service, as well as luggage assistance. And after a nine hour flight, who couldn't want some help with their luggage? And look, podcasts are always promoting things, right? But how many can vouch for the products or service? Well, we can, because Craig has used Quicksilver on previous trips and will be using them again for his next. And he went with 17 people. So whilst we know there are other good companies out there, we personally know how good Quicksilver are, and we are delighted to welcome them as sponsors. And you know what? We can even sweeten the deal. If you contact Quicksilver Tours for a reservation and mention this podcast, they will even give you a special discount of $5 off for airport round trips. That's off their already reasonable prices. So you've tried the rest, and now try the ones who, in our opinion, are the best by visiting quicksilvertransportation.com today don't wait if you have an upcoming trip book today so um we got an email from a listener called mel and i had to apologize to mel first of all because the email had been sitting in the inbox for quite a while and i realized it's because i didn't have it logged in <laughs> so, nice yeah yeah so that so that was uh, that was great on me however um obviously well not obviously but he you know accepted my apology so thank you very much and he's now enjoying patreon so thank you very much for that as well glad to have you on board and hope you're enjoying all the content that's that's <laughs> accumulated over the years while you've not been there um but he wrote a very um long email i'm not going to go into the the nice things he was saying about us didn't even slag off ryan so, you know, just, just generally likes us. Give him time, he's only new. Dash. Yeah, there must be something wrong with them. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but um, I, I cut this bit out because I thought this was this would be good to talk about. So he said, being bored in lockdown, me and my friends came up with a little game. Let's pretend that Epic Universe is a go, which actually is now. Not much going on there, but if you go and... You know, there's some there's some aerial footage of, of stuff definitely happening on site. There's apparently um, some track. There you go. Um, and the suits decide to, to do away with the house train of Dragonland because let's be honest, it's a shit idea. <laughs> and then they ask you for an idea for the land. So 
Um, I mean, you know, this is all speculation. Like, you know, if you look at the map, it does look like there is going to be a, a house train your dragon land. Um, but we don't know that because none of it's officially been confirmed. Um, but basically, he wanted to ask us what we would do. So his idea was a universal legends land. This land features old freights from years gone by. So in that land, there'll be an updated Jaws ride, but with updated te tech and a shark that doesn't look like it's been made by a child with plasticine. Um, there'll be a Back to the Future ride, again updated, maybe similar to Spider-Man using screens and real sets. And maybe the DeLoreans can whiz around a full-size hill valley and Lone Twin Pines Mall parking lot. Um, he also said uh, about Kong, but we've already got a new one of those. So perhaps a Twister ride, but this time it's a drop ride that spirals up and then drops you. Um, so, oh, uh, he does mention Ryan in this email. Um, he said, because Brian will like this, a new E.T. adventure. But this time scrapped the half of the ride that was seemingly designed by Keith Richards. <laughs> you, can tell this, you can tell this is one of our listeners. <laughs> Absolute same wavelength. Um, and just have the ride follow the ending of the film, escaping the cops, going over the jumps, flying and uh, ending up in the forest of E.C. off with his mom and pa at the spaceship. Um, <laughs> which would mean you could also bulldoze the original ride and redo the whole area in the studios. Um, and he, he went on to say that the merchandise would be strict, strictly retro stuff the old logo of the 90s same with the food options um, and bring back some of the old eateries um, which is which it's a great idea and it's it's one that we've discussed on here haven't we in various ways like do you remember we had the episode we were talking about hotels and how we do like a, a yeah. pop century style universal hotel with loads of old elements from the rise gone by and stuff. Um, but we, we've said this would be a perfect land. If we, if we were creating a theme park, this is, is exactly the kind of thing that we would build, something that brings back the original like lands. So that was, that was his suggestion on that. What do you think, if you were given... Oh, and actually, just before we do that, uh, as the EC adventure, um, we did talk about it on Patreon, didn't we? Where we was covering yeah. the ride of, and, and come to a very similar conclusion. So it's very weird because Mel had obviously written that, um, I think a couple of months ago now, sent that email to us. And then we discussed the ride and about two or three days later, I found this email and I was like, the, the timing of this is so, so weird. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my question to you. You know, if you had the keys to the kingdom, if Universal said, right, you have got, you know, a budget to build your own land in this park, what would you theme it around? Classic monsters. Well, I think that I think from what we've seen, that's looking quite likely anyways, I believe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but in the same way that we think there's going to be a house train of dragon land, but that's only because it looks like, you know, from artist impressions, that's what it could be. But none of this stuff is set in stone. None of this stuff is, is announced. True. So if you wanted to have a classic Monsters Land, I'm not going to turn around and say no. But what I would do is say, what are you doing with it? You can't just call it classic Monsters Land. I want to know what is going in here. What are you putting in here? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like some kind of hybrid between like a dark ride slash 
a maybe slightly toned down version of a Halloween Horror Nights house, something along those lines for some of the kind of iconic sets like the Frankenstein movie, Dracula, maybe even Creature of the Black Lagoon, stuff like that. Um, a I don't know, because obviously there's Classic Monsters Cafe in the main park, but I feel like you could potentially do like a souped up version of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like so. I feel like classic monsters are something that is consistently popular with anyone that is even remotely into horror, even remotely into like spooky things. They roll them out all the time for the likes of Halloween Horror Nights and stuff like that. And they're such iconic characters in general um, that I think it would be a shame if they didn't have some form of like a significant space. And you know, I'll a boss of the wall. I can have whatever I want. A newer version of the Beetlejuice Graveyard Review because that was my favorite thing when I went to Universal. Uh, much. And it was utterly ridiculous. Much missed. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're all fans of that show here. Um, do you know what I'd throw in as a suggestion? And P Dubs, hopefully you can back me up on this is we've never seen a vampire style attraction i can think of in an american park no that's perfectly themed isn't it you would imagine so something dracula related is is long overdue i think we had the we had the van helsing thing at hollywood didn't we the yes. walkthrough attraction mm-hmm. but it wasn't great um, it was mainly there both, to advertise the film, both. wasn't it? Yeah, and I did the, the version after that as well when they did put the classic monsters in there right. um, instead. But it, it was literally like a toned-down Halloween Horror Nights house. It wasn't anything special other than a few props from, from as you say, Van Helsing. Um, so, yeah, we've never had anything that's been superb or really well-themed or that you can get involved in. So yeah, definitely a Dracula ride would be a massive draw. Certainly on my part as well, it would be. So Sinead, I don't know if you're familiar with the vampire ride because it's a ride at uh, Chessington. And it's been there years. It's been there like since the late 80s. And it's a hanging roller coaster where you're basically in vampire bat vehicles or bat vehicles. We love it. Um, So you're suspended above the track in these cars that kind of swing as it goes around. So, you know, it's because the ride is so old, you, 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 you probably modernize it a little bit, whether that's with screens or with, you know, different inversions or something, but it's, there's probably some, there's probably legs there for something to happen. Um, yeah. And how would you theme it? Would you feel theme it like really traditional? Like, so, old looking crumbling oh i'd want it grayscale oh wow yeah and i would want it grayscale and it's because i watched the lighthouse over the weekend okay yeah utterly bizarre movie but the only thing i kept thinking the whole way through watching this movie is that it was lit and shot exactly the way the classic monster movies look from like way back when Mm -hmm. um and the way the lighting and all that was done, it very much looked exactly like Frankenstein. And I would love if they could somehow make it grayscale. Don't know how that would necessarily work, especially with Florida being brighter than the sun. But <laughs> that's kind of ideally what I would. I should not be to herself. <laughs> <It flowed. laughs> 
Um, it, so while we're time. we're waiting, um, vampires actually had a refurb, and it's no longer bat cars. Oh, um, it's actually a flawless coaster now. Okay. So you're not actually in a car at all. It's it's very much like some of the um, the flying coasters, like at SeaWorld and places oh. like that, like Mako. Now, I'm going to Chessington later this summer for the first time in probably about 15, 20 years. When did I last go? No, yeah, no longer than been. that. I last went to Chessington in the nineties, like ninety nine. I think was the last time. Probably so, about the same for me. It might have been the year before because we used to do a school trip, but then the last year before I left secondary school, we did Alton Towers instead. Right. Um, so yeah, it's probably about so about ninety eight. The last time I went. Wow. Yeah, well, the year I went, they started to get some quite um, quite big rides in there for Chessington, which are now uh, in other Merlin parks because they obviously didn't fit the more family yeah. friendly elements of uh, of Chessington. Um, Janae, going back to what you were saying, yes. um, all you've got Sorry. to do really, no, no, it's fine. Um, all you've got to do really is just is just have the right paint. Yeah, true. I know you're 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 absolutely right in what you're saying about the Florida sun and everything like that. But I think you know, you, as long as you compensate for that, you could you could make it work. And I, think, I just think it would add such an interesting dynamic to it, and that mm. kind of because, and again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about the tribute store. Like one of the big reasons why I think the tribute stores are so popular is because it is so over the top themed and it's so instagrammable and vloggable and all that kind of stuff i just think it would add a completely different element to the land and kind of give it that thing that people would specifically want to go there to be able to get the photos of the black and white buildings and stuff like that i just think it'd be quite cool you could do character dining there kind of year round stuff like that maybe yeah no i think it's, it's a great idea and it's a shame uh, Mr. Ripley had to go because he'd appreciate this. And I've talked about it, I think, with him before on another uh, of our podcasts. But um, I remember being a kid in the late 80s and going into Toys R Us. And I can't remember what I was going in there for. Probably Thundercats or He-Man at the time or something. But they had these toys, which I think were made by Remco. Uh, I might be getting confused now. But I don't know, I think they were ideal or Imperial, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, but they did a range of Universal Monsters action figures, very loosely termed action figures, because the art- articulation was very minimal. It was basically arms and head <laughs> turn. Yeah. Um, but there was a Dracula that was based on uh, like Boris Karloff and uh, the Frankenstein monster from you know the same period, same actor. Um, and I think there was like a mummy as well. But I walked out with the... Uh, the Dracula and Frankenstein and I had no idea who these characters were at all Yeah, but they looked so amazing that I, I was mesmerised by them and I think that's the same now you know, the especially the universal version of these monsters are just, there's something about them which make them so cool to look at whether you've seen the films or not, whether you're even familiar with what they're they're from, you know, because I don't think even when you see the Universal Classic Monsters, you realise that they these were actually films in the thirties. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, but they're just so iconic looking that yeah, I think they're they're almost timeless. 
and that's probably why they are still as popular now as they they've ever been agreed so never get old you would have loved the universal monsters house that well, I'm telling you now, house. if a Halloween three house gets announced, I don't know how I'm going to get myself to to Orlando, but I'm going to have to find a way. I can't miss Beetlejuice on Halloween three. What you need to do right. is when you do get your jab, yeah, um, is because I know there's obviously a wait between the first and second. Um, just just put on a disguise and just go back around in the queue. Mm-hmm. There we go. Double jab yourself at the same time. It may not be recommended, but hey. It's one way of doing it. But I mean, yeah, P dubs, you'll you'll attest, right? That Universal Monsters House was was something else. Yeah. It was the one that I could have just carried on going around time after time. I wouldn't have even needed a break. There was so much detail to it. Yeah. Like it took me forever to actually realise the Phantom was in there. Yes. Because you're just looking everywhere. It was it was one of those houses that, yeah, if they brought it back again, I'd I'd happily go around it again. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what they do this time. And with yeah. the obviously they had the bride last time, but I think they're expanding on that um, mm. this time. Yeah. Um, so that leads me over to you. Um, you know, you've now got the same as Sinead. You've got a land to yourself. What are you going to put in it? Well, Mel kind of touched on what I would do with it, and I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going. Um, and that would be the the long rumored. Back to the Future roller coaster, um, and building Hill Valley out from around it. Um, so you would have a a Back to the Future land. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would basically build build Hill Valley. It would have to be, I think, the the, uh, the future version of Hill Valley. Um, oh. And uh, obviously, we'd have to have a cafe eighties in there. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't walk away from that great invention. Um, and yeah, I'd have the, the roller coaster um, like entrance through the uh, the clock tower through the the town hall, uh, and the roller coaster would come out of where the clock is, and and go around the land with Hell Valley out underneath you, kind of like rock and roll, uh, rip ride rocket is. Do you know what I would do? I'd have all three versions of Hill Valley. <laughs> so the, the roller coaster would go through all three. Yeah. Yeah. Just separate scenes doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. What, you know, do it, do a do a time jump, and you're in the next yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad idea. So yeah, that would that would be my. And the only other thing I came up with was something that we've already talked about tonight. And that would just be have a purge shooting ride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> kind of like Men in Black. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually, I can imagine uh, a Blumhouse land being quite good, actually. <laughs> just having various bits from films. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. But I, I like that. That's that, you know, I didn't think, I mean, obviously, I think we'd we'd all love to see like a, a flashback land where you could have some of those iconic iconic attractions like brought back. But I think if there's one thing you can say with Back to the Future is that those films are so iconic. And obviously in Hollywood you've got the um the Hill Valley uh yeah. you know set. 
um, but you see it on a tour. Yeah. To be able to actually, you know, have that recreated and have attractions around it. Yeah. I'd also like to see um, a, a hoverboard attraction where um, it'd have to be like VR or something, I suppose. But you stand on a hoverboard and it just makes you feel like you're actually being chased on a hoverboard. Yeah. You wouldn't have to have the, the technology, but it would just make you feel like you're doing it. So like you stand on, you know, you strap yourself into a board and, the, you know, put the helmet on and then the film footage starts and then, you know, the board, you know, takes off. So the board like moves up from where it was. And then, you know, the VR kind of takes over. So you've got very minimal movement, but, you know, the, the experience feels realistic because you've got this VR helmet on. Because that technology yeah. is so, like, so realistic that, you know, you do forget what you're actually doing outside of the helmet. <laughs> so I think that could that's a good way of getting uh, hoverboard technologies to work properly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, I think I'd have to go for the only other really relevant universal property right now, I suppose. Um, and I'd have to go for Fast and Furious Land. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because, like, the thing is... There's oh, a lot, bus mark too. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot you could do with Fast and yeah. Furious because those films go all around the world. You know, obviously, famously, there's Tokyo Drift, um, as we know, and then, but you know, the latest film, I think they go to about six or seven countries. I lost count. And then, and this is a spoiler, so if you don't want Fast and, you can't ruin Fast and Furious Nine. It's, it is what it is, but. Um, if you're not already aware, they do end up in space. Right, they do end up in space. Like all good movie franchises, when they get when you think they've got ridiculous enough, they go to space. Go to space, yeah. And I mean, the family thing is, in space. It's almost like, and, and they kind of reference like this one is quite meta in comparison to some of the others in in things okay. they come up with. But it's very obvious they've thrown this in there because. It's the logical thing that people are like, oh, you know, where are they going to go to next? Space. So, yeah, we'll throw a space scene in there. Um, is it as ridiculous if you've seen it as Jason X when Jason goes to space? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And way more stupid because. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, you know, Jason, you know, snuck a. I can't remember. Did I sneak it? Did he sneak aboard a spaceship or did they drag him? onto a spaceship because they found he... him he was like frozen for 400 years or something and they found him and they brought him just along for the jaunt seemingly yeah because i haven't seen i've not seen jason x since like the mid 2000s so you know i remember parts of it but i don't remember all the the storyboard elements but yeah um so yeah it's, it's more stupid than that i think um i mean to be fair is it stupid? I mean, with what we've, we've seen Branson doing, what Elon Musk is doing this week, not Elon Musk, no uh, Jeff Bezos, then probably not actually. He's probably not as stupid as I'm making it out to be, but it's still particularly stupid in this franchise that this is what's happened. But I digress. The fact is you could you could theme it anywhere you wanted to. And you would need to have, you know, forget the party bus, right? We know the party bus is awful. Um, you need to have a uh, Radiator Springs type affair 
or something more akin to test track but more like a coaster and get that speed feeling um because universal needs a ride like that in my opinion i think that'd be that'd be good um you know test track uh radiator springs both quite family friendly attractions but especially with test track you get that real burst of speed don't you when you burst through the doors Hmm. going outside so you know that to me makes much more sense than what we've got now in the party bus the party bus makes no sense if you've ever watched fast and furious films like no sense at all and then and then the film footage makes almost no sense at all if you've seen fast and furious film so um the whole thing just doesn't work so and again like he's coming about et and rebuilding at the new part you know you could then get rid of that in out of universal studios and use that area to do something else um but you could have that you could have like maybe um i was gonna say like a sky drop type thing but we've got dr doom haven't we but that could also work within the realms of fast and furious whatever you put in there has got to be either fast and or furious that's fair trying to think of 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 ride technology that does it but yeah you know what they've got now just does not work for that franchise it does deserve more at the end of the day it's been filling universal's pockets now for almost two decades so it deserves to have proper representation and not some stupid party bus um and also you wouldn't you know you don't have to make it as themed as as the lands that used to have suggested you could just make it look like streets you know yeah it's, it's quite easy you know i think that's quite an easy fit so yeah i i think i'd i think i'd go for that only because mel took the best idea already <laughs> that is the land we yeah. all want we want a throwback land with all those classic things that we, we've missed out on over the years um yeah and i think at the end of the day like where money lies for your generation for my generation what people spend their money on is fandoms that they like like that's where people will spend their money more so than any other generation previously um so it makes sense to kind of put the focus into that because you would make a point of going and booking a ridiculous trip to universal to be able to experience those kind of attractions again and get to see those lands and you would probably go back multiple times purely to do that more so than necessarily a brand new land based off a brand new movie fan- franchise or something like that because you don't have that emotional connection to it so you might not be as willing to spend the money on it it's the possible effect you know look at the yeah. impact building the first wisdom world had on universal's fortunes you know that is that is definitely a thing where if you tap into your right the right product that's got the the fan base for it people will go so absolutely and the thing is as as you correctly point out i think i think they called it like the third the 30 year itch now but basically Mm. especially in the world of toys the toys that are now worth the most uh, amounts of money are those toys that are about 30 years old because all of those people that had them when they were kids are now grown up with jobs uh, where they've got disposable income that now want to replicate that yeah and we're starting to see with toy companies like and they did it with ghostbusters recently and marvel are doing it now as well where they're re-releasing 
those old toys in the packaging that looks like it did in the 80s. So even today, I'll go back to the Smith's Toys, they had, they've re-released He-Man toys. And the He-Man toys look just like the original He-Man toys from the 80s when I was growing up. And they're on very similar looking cards to the ones that I saw when I was a kid growing up. And if I had the space for them, I probably would have bought them all. Yeah. And then they had a Castle Grayskull, which I never had as a kid, but I had friends that had as a, as a kid. So I got to play with it. And I said to my wife, blimey, it's only 80 quid. And she's like, well, it's 80 quid for a playset. I said, yeah. I said, but that's probably what it would have cost in 1980s money anyway, you know, after inflation and whatnot. Um, and it just looks so cool. And the box looks the same as I remember it. And you, you do get that kind of, you get those childhood memories come flooding back and those, you know, those good memories. And so suddenly that's the thing. So with films and stuff like that, when, you know, anything like that, once it gets to a certain point, people buy into it. It's, it's why Beetlejuice is still popular, I think. Because it's yep, a film 100%. that, you know, a lot of people much younger than they should have been when Beetlejuice came out, but were aware of it, have grown up with that as being part of their life. Yep. So my, my daughter does know who Beetlejuice is. She's seen pictures of Beetlejuice or whatever. She's got no frame of concept and she's too young to watch the film because we're a bit more responsible now. But when I was a kid, yeah. it was on telly, I watched it. Um, so I had all that grown up. So I still love Beetlejuice now. But yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely a, a time um, scale where this stuff does become more popular again. And they're going to sell more merchandise and people are going to make want to make the journeys to go and see this stuff. So, yeah, I think you're uh, you're right. The only the only blip is Universal Monsters, which just seems to be constantly popular. It's yeah. well bypassed that 30 year cycle. Yeah. And even just from like a merchandise standpoint, like I feel like Classic Monsters merch, regardless, always does well. Like there's a reason why they have a Classic Monsters store in the studios park like because it always sells they always have a massive amount of the merchandise for it because it's something that is consistently popular regardless of whether people have ever seen the movies or anything they're just such iconic characters that people spend the money on them regardless yeah another really than the 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 makeup show there's not really a representation of them in the parks year round so therefore that just goes to show again how popular they are that they can still shift merchandise without there being like a a show or attraction that's designated to it. So yep. Just think how how much it would be if you got your land, basically. We can help. Mm. Um, right. That's that's. I think it. Um, Mel, thank you very much for uh, for your email. That was a great discussion. I think that we had there. Um, and also, obviously, again, thank you for, for being a patron. All, all of our best listeners are. Um, but we thank you for your support. Um, but we we won't just read emails from Patreons. Um, so if you do have something that you think would be a good topic or you'd like to hear our opinion on, um, then please let us know. Um, email us at um, universalafterdark at gmail.com. I'm sure that's the, that's the right name. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot now and i say it's something else oh universal after dark we never changed it it's universal after dark at gmail.com and i will now monitor that inbox so if you do write to me it won't take me months to respond back to you i promise um 
but that's it for another month um you know if there's any major halloween horror nights announcements we might put out an emergency episode but uh otherwise we will see you in august god this year's flying by this podcast is part of the after dark podcast network 